morning, everyone. Um, have, you, have you been blessed this morning by the worship team and Barry's uh, testimony? So, um, yeah, so my name is Josh, for those that uh, don't know me. This is uh, my first time um, speaking in front, so I'm very nervous. And <laughs> English is not my primary language, so pardon me if um, sometimes I, I struggle to find the words that I, I have to, to use to say what I am about to say. So please bear with me. Um, so yeah, um, this morning, so basically we are currently in a, in a message series called Kingdom Rules. And last week, Ruben started uh, this message series with uh, the, the message, The Kingdom and the World. Uh, so he was saying that uh, in, in, in our world today, we live in a, in a society or in a world where there's always wars, there's always um, conflicts with each other because everyone wants to, to be in a position of power and influence. So that is sadly the, the world that we live in today. Uh, I've been watching um, a lot of geopolitics videos in YouTube and there's this one saying that, uh, that really uh, stuck to me. And he said that uh, in our world today, there are no permanent allies or friends, it's just permanent interests. And isn't it, so, isn't it sad that this is the world that we live in? But Reuben preached that the kingdom of Jesus is actually the opposite. It's, it's an upside-down kingdom because in Jesus' kingdom, it's all about um, healing. It's all about restoration. Um, it's all about uh, raising the dead, healing the sick, you name it. And so, um, and, and so basically, this is, uh, the, 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 what, what is the idea of Ruben's message last week. And, and I, I just want to continue uh, this message series and, it, and the title is uh, The Kingdom and the Workplace. So, yeah, uh, by the way, before I, I start, I just want to say that it's been a, a privilege and honor for me and Angel to be given the opportunity to stand in front of you. Um, we're not used to this, but yeah, if God calls, we have to respond, right? So, yeah. Um, so, Kingdom and the Workplace. So, who... Does anyone here watch the, the series, The Office? So it's very funny, right? So uh, back, back last year when, when COVID started and we have to be on uh, seri uh, very serious lockdown, like literally you couldn't get out except to do some groceries, Angel and I decided, hey, why don't we watch The Office? A and it really helped us throughout that uh, restrictions because it's so funny, it kind of removes the stress and the, the psychological effect that it has on you while staying at home. And this week, for some reason, I just started watching like small, uh, funny, just one to two minute videos of The Office in YouTube. And yeah, it just brought back memories. I was laughing so hard. And... Coincidentally, I was given the, the, the topic of the kingdom in the workplace. So it kind of reminded me, hey, um, the, the, the Office, the series, although it's very funny, it kind of gives us the, a hint or a little bit of uh, what things in the office looks like, right? So 
sad, sadly but true, people procrastinate. People make fun of each other. People play basketball when they have sh we should be working, right? But, and I was wondering, what if, what if you, is it possible to even bring the kingdom in that kind of setting? Because for, for us, we, probably be, we are probably thinking that uh, the kingdom and the workplace are two separate areas of life. So it's not something that um, we should, we, we, can, we can combine, right? So the Josh that is in church should be a, a different Josh in the workplace. But this morning, Angel and I will be um, teaching you that uh, it is not the case. The kingdom can, can also be extended in our workplace. And so, our verse this morning can be found in Colossians 3, verses 1 to 4, and verses 22 to 24. Okay. So it says here, Since you became alive again, so to speak, when Christ arose from the dead, now, set your sights on the rich treasures and joys of heaven, where he sits beside God in the place of honor and power. Let heaven fill your thoughts. Don't spend your time worrying about things down here. You should have as little desire for this world as a dead person does. Your real life is in heaven with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is our real life, comes back again, you will shine with him and share in all his glories. Jumping to verses 22 to 24. You slaves must always obey your earthly masters. Not only trying to please them when they are watching you, but all the time. Obeying them willingly because of your love for the Lord and because you want to please him. Work hard and cheerfully at all you do. Just as though you were working for the Lord and not merely for your masters. Remembering that it is the Lord Christ who is going to pay you, giving you your full portion of all he owns. He's the one you are really working for. So, um, to, be, to give a little bit of context uh, on this verse, so the Colossians, the book of Colossians was written by a man named Paul. Uh, and he wrote this to the Colossian church, which back then was under the, the Roman rule. So Colossae was, was actually a, a, a place of business. So a, a lot of people come in, a lot of people come out because it's, it's, a, it's a trading hub. Um, and this was one of the places that Paul decided to... Uh, start his ministry in the Church of Colossians. And in the beginning of the, the verse, chapter 3, he's actually, um, because, because uh, so people are, people are in a, in, a, in a place where there's business everywhere. So people are kind of focused on uh, worldly things, money, uh, business, profit, you name it. And so Paul is, say, is telling to the Colossian church that, hey, um, this shouldn't be your focus in life. These are good things, but um, you should be focused on the heavenly things. 
He says here that uh, set your sights on the rich treasures and joys of heaven. And, and, and do not spend your time worrying about things down here. And then further on in the verse, in the, in the chapter, he actually goes on to give them practical advice. He, he, to, he tells them, okay, you should avoid um, sexual sins, avoid telling lies to each other, strive to become more and more like Christ. So he's kind of encouraging uh, the, the Colossian church to, to focus more on God than, than on their earthly lives. And then, we're, and then he, we jump, he jumps to, jumping to verses 22 to 24, and actually, this is where Angel and I are going to, to focus um, this morning. Is that he is um, he's advising the slaves back then to, to obey their masters. To please them even when their masters are not looking. Because he's telling them that at the end of the day, you are working for the Lord and not for, your, for men. And so... Um, before I begin, I just want to give a little bit of a disclaimer. Um, so, Paul, nor the Bible, does advocate the, the concept of slavery. Um, it just so happened that Paul was already in a place where it's under the Roman rule. And so, it's, he's in a society where they're slaves. So, um, and I can explain this for another 10 minutes or so, but I'm not going to focus on this um, because I don't want, uh, I don't want us to, be, um, to, to sway on the focus of this message. But there's a very good explanation uh, on why uh, the Bible does not advocate this. But let's, just, but let's look at the context. It's a, it's a place where there's business, uh, a place that is uh, subjugated by Romans, and so slavery is rampant. It's actually, uh, as a matter of fact, slavery was an accepted part of society. For, for the citizens of Rome, having slaves was, was not an evil thing, but it's a necessity. It, it's how the society will work. Okay? And so, um, actually, I, Angel did some research, and, and she told me that um, during the first century, Almost 50% of the population are slaves. And back then, um, they, they worked for their masters, obviously, right? And, and their masters could be doing a lot of things. Maybe they, they own a farm, or maybe they own a, a, a mining site, or maybe they, they, need, they, they own land and they, and they need to build houses. And this is where the, the slaves come in. Um, they are the ones who, who do this labor for them. And, um, and yeah, as I said, it's a place where they were in abundance. Um, and so I would like to believe that uh, when Paul wrote this verse, this message, I would like to believe that the church back then in Colossians consisted of all kinds of people. Probably wealthy people, um, people that are living normal lives, but also slaves. Because actually in chapter 4, Paul also ad addresses, addresses the, the masters, the, one, the, the people who actually own slaves. But I'm not, we're not going to tackle that because that's a, a discussion for, for a different time. So that is the context. That is the, that, that is the setting where Paul was in when, when he wrote this book. 
Okay? So, I have a question. Who among of the people here um, works as a chef? Chef. Who cooks food? No one? Okay, then let's just imagine all of us are a chef for a minute, okay? So let's just imagine that all of us are a chef. Okay? We are, we are cooking very good food, very delicious food. And then uh, we are working at this restaurant. And it's already um, maybe 10 minutes before closing time. And you're already, you know, cleaning everything, uh, starting to pack things up. And then all of a sudden, a person comes in. And he says, uh, I, want, I, I need some food. Can, can you cook me some food? And go, guess who this person is? Let's imagine it's God. God comes in 10 minutes before closing time. You're the only one remaining uh, in the restaurant. And he says, can you, kick me, can you cook me some food? What would you do? Of course, you're going to cook the, the best dish you've probably ever cooked in your life, right? Probably cook a five-star dish, six-star dish if there's even a thing. Not a one-star dish because that's God. It's God who came into your restaurant and asked you for food. Isn't it? And so, um, why am I saying this? Because I want to focus on verse 23 where God says that we should work hard and cheerfully at all you do just as though we were working for the Lord and not merely for your masters. To translate this on my own words, it's, um, it's like this. So, as employees, um, we ought to work with excellence and integrity because our employer is the Lord, and it is He who sees and appreciates what we are doing. So, a little bit of uh, something that I, I forgot to say. So, Back then, uh, when I gave the, the, the setting of the Colossian Church, it was a place that were consisted of businessmen, um, normal people, and slaves, right? But in our world today, of course, it's not something that, we, that is an accepted part of society. Um, and that's why there are organizations like Lian's, the abolition, which um, actually uh, tries to, to, to make us aware and to find ways to, to prevent um, slavery from, from happening in our uh, society today. Um, but all, even though uh, this is not already anymore an accepted part of uh, our society, slaves, just as they are working for their masters, we as employees are also working for our employers. Correct? And so the message of Paul Back, to the Colos uh, back in the days of the Colossian church also applies to us today as employees. And that's why I gave the, the example of if you're a chef and what if it was God who entered that and asked for food. Because he's saying in, 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 in verse 23 that whenever we are working, we should always look at it as if it's God who is asking us to do it and not merely our physical uh, manager or boss. So, um, I, I would like to give a little bit of um, experience, uh, personal experience. So, for those who, who do not know uh, my profession, 
So I am a software developer by profession. Um, so my job is to, to develop applications for um, our clients in case they need something to be um, automated. So anything that involves manual labor, if we see that something can be um, automated, that's where we come in. So uh, we create applications for them to, to automate, automate stuff that needs to be automated. And in a nutshell, this is, uh, this is what I do day to day. Um, but in my project today, I've been blessed by the Lord to actually give me a bigger position or role, and, uh, which is to become uh, a senior developer. So as a senior developer, on top of the things that I do every day, which is to develop applications and everything, um, there's also a a responsibility that only I um, should do. So, <clears throat> so what usually happens is my project manager will, will, will come to me and say, hey Josh, uh, we, we decided to build this new feature for, for our application. Can you tell me how long it is going to take to, to finish this? Okay, so that's one of my roles as a senior developer. And so, for me, it's very easy to, to say, hey, my manager wouldn't know if, my, if the estimation that I'm going to provide him is overestimated or underestimated, right? So I can easily say, for a feature that takes one week to do, I can easily say two weeks. Because he wouldn't know. He, he trusts me that whatever estimation that I, gave he, that, that I give him, is reasonable, is valid. But I always go back to this verse, verse 23. That whenever I do something, I do it as if it is God who is asking me. And so whenever my manager comes to me and says, Josh, can you estimate this feature? I would always think that it is actually God coming in, uh, going in, uh, coming in front of me and say, Josh, can you estimate this feature? And so, Am I going to give God a dishonest estimation for something? Of course not. I will, that's, and, that, and that is always my mindset. And, the, and that's why I always give my, my project manager the, the most reasonable estimation. It may not be perfect, but it's, it's, in, my, it's in, the, in my personal experience the, the best one, the, the most honest one. And so, um, yeah, so the, the, this is the reason why we, are, we, are, we have this message, uh, message this morning. And maybe some of you um, are asking me, okay, I get it. But, but why is this so important for us Christians to, 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 to bring the, 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 the kingdom of God to our workplace? Why does it matter? Our, our colleagues doesn't probably most of them, doesn't even know God at all. So why is that even important for us? And, the, and this is what uh, Angel is going to, to discuss next. Good morning, everyone. So uh, before I proceed, I want to share with you like, some figures that we found. Okay. 
Okay, so you've got there two figures, 5,824 and 2,080. Have you seen these figures before? Are you familiar with these figures? I'm also not familiar with it. <laughs> But actually, so the one on the, on, the, on the left, that's actually the number of average hours that a person is awake during the year. And then on the left is the average number of hours a person is allotting to work within a year. So Josh and I, when we were preparing this message, we were trying to see, okay, how should I transition from your uh, topic to mine? And I thought maybe let's have some a little bit of like a subtle icebreaker. So this is what I thought. And when we tried to find the percentage, it's actually 35 to 36% of our time being used during the year, allotted to work. And on a daily basis, that's one third of our time. Because we sleep eight hours, we are awake eight hours, do some cooking, um, socialize eight hours or more, we work, right? So why is this important? For me, usually I think about okay, how, uh, how much time do I spend interacting with people at work? And how am I, as a Christian, how do I behave in that scenario? So, unlike here in church, we interact with people that already know Jesus. People that are reading the Bible. They are aware what we are doing here. So, we act are uh, being Christ-likeness, right? But at work, unfortunately, not all the time there will be Christians around you. There will be people that probably don't know Jesus at all, or there are people that doesn't, they haven't read the Bible yet. They don't know anything about Christianity. There are people that don't even know you are Christian, right? So when you go from church outside these four walls and you go into the workplace, you will see people that are that would clash with your godly virtues or your godly values, your principles. They would clash with our personalities. And that will have some friction, right? And there uh, you may have some interaction with people that are difficult. At church, they, there can be, but we know how to uh, respond to those kinds of scenarios. Because we were taught how to do it. But at workplace, how? right? How should we react? Or when you go to the workplace, there are a lot of secularism. A lot of ideas, things that we are not even aware of, principles that we are not aware of, ideas that we are not aware of, practices that we are not aware of. And then sometimes that might cloud our judgment. And because of that, if we are not aware with our identity in Christ, if we do not know the verses that Josh just shared with you earlier, then it's easy for us to lose our identity in Christ. It's easy for us to forget that I'm working for this employer. I'm working for this boss. I want to please my boss because it's all about me, me, my promotion. They need to see me. I'm the number one employee. I always need to be the uh, top employee for the whole month, and so on and so forth, which can be a burnout, right? And what if your boss, for some reason, just doesn't like you? Whatever you do, to impress that boss, nothing's going to happen, right? Even, in fact, that boss might even pull you down because he's seeing you as a threat. But what if we look at our boss as Jesus? 
which is implied in the, in the Bible, right? We should work for the Lord, not us for mere men. So imagine we are being exposed to these people 40 hours a week or more. So if, if we are exposed to that, then what should we do then? How should we apply those uh, verse? And just to go back on what I said about we uh, forget about our identity in Christ. Why am I saying this? Because once this happens, we kind of lose the purpose of bringing the kingdom in the workplace, right? It's, it's uh, hard for us then to separate God. And I mean, it, it's easy for us to separate God and the workplace. For example, I'll be a different angel here at church. You'll see me, I don't know, preaching here. But then maybe one of you will become one of my colleagues in the future. And you'll see me cursing all the time. Why didn't you finish this? We didn't hit our target. Da, 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 da. Is that how we're supposed to act? No, right? For example, in Joshua's example, he can easily, easily manipulate the estimate that his boss wants because his boss doesn't know exactly what it is. And for him, it's like, okay, more estimate of time equals more money, right? Gossip. That's very rampant as well, the office. One of the things that I always kept in my mind was what my father used to say before I started working. He said, never interact or never engage in any gossip or anything that will, you know, uh, corrupt your mind. If you hear something, put it out of the other ear. And that helped me a lot. Actually, one of the practical things that I applied was if there is like gossip going on, of course I will try to divert. <laughs> I will try to divert the topic. Sadly, sometimes it applies, sometimes it doesn't. So I just go out, right? You can you can try that. Also, there are things wherein if you are not aware of being uh, an employee of the Lord, you try to do things just because you have to do it. You don't do it with integrity. You don't do it with excellence. Really just to get the job done without quality or anything else. This one might sting a little, but using and stealing company's time for your own personal benefit. That might happen. Oh, I'm just going to go out a little bit and uh, I'm going to just manipulate my time entering my system. Or using or abusing the company assets, again, for your own personal agenda. There was one time people were having um, back home. Uh, we were in a company and then there are some employees we're in, they also have this uh, insurance uh, side, side uh, what do you call that? Side jobs. They were using the office to meet and discuss that agenda. Is that glorifying God? No, right? If you are in the company premises, what do you do? You respect the company rules, right? You comply because not only with that, but you are accountable to God. That job was given to you as a gift. Whatever it is, it was from Jesus. It's from God. And last thing that I really am struggling as well. Using the workplace as a sub substitute or an avenue to practice your unchristlikeness. What do I mean by that? For example, a church, 
I deal with people with grace. But in the office, I don't. Right? I talk about them uh, at the back of their, on their backs. <laughs> I treat them not so good. I am dishonest with my feedback. I am dishonest with my work and all those things. If you're a church, you see people that are very kind. They don't, you don't see that they're impatient or they, you don't see them uh, ungrate, uh, ungrateful. But at work, you will see them very negative, always angry, so impatient. Just one minute late, it's like the end of the world in a meeting, right? So, as Christians, as Christ followers, that's not how we are supposed to be. As how we experience Jesus' love for us and how we are here inside the church, how we treat people with love, that's how we are supposed to be outside of these walls. Because as Josh has mentioned, and as I've mentioned earlier, people might not read the Bible, but they will read you first. They need to see a change in you. They need to see, okay, this person is not interacting with any gossip, or this person doesn't go with us on an overtime break, like two hours of break. We don't, he or she doesn't go with us like that. Why? What's, what's, in, what's with that person? That will already take their interest, right? And that's something you can use as an avenue, as, an, as a place wherein you can bring in the kingdom of God in the workplace. So since the kingdom is everywhere we go, it's within us, so everywhere we go, it follows. Okay? So we always need to think about where we go, we, are, uh, we have the name of Jesus in our foreheads. So the people will read us, they should see Jesus. Okay, I'm trying to uh, see, but apparently it's not touchscreen. <laughs> so, I wanted to share with you a, uh, a quote from a pastor back then at back, back, uh, home. So it says here, If he is not Lord of, of all, then he is not Lord at all. If he is not Lord of all, then he is not Lord at all. So if he is our Lord here in church, but he's not our Lord in the workplace, maybe not in the workplace, maybe in our family, in our finances, then he's not even Lord of all, at all, sorry. So think about this. Are we surrendering, th surrendering things to Jesus if we are here at church? Why not surrender things when we are in the workplace to, to, to God? So each of us have different kinds of jobs. We have people that are working in a secular um, um, industry. We have people working on nonprofit organizations. We have people that are working in the government, so on and so forth. But God is commanding us to work as if we were working for Him. Because if we, we try to remind ourselves again, if we do a lot of things, smart things, hard work, um, if we are always there on time, but if no one appreciates it, then we're just going to get exhausted because we don't know where our faith is. We don't know where our conviction is. We don't know where we, who we work for, right? So let me share with you an experience because I've always, well, I've always struggled with this verse, actually. <laughs> I've always struggled with this. So there was one time... Um, 
I was feeling a little bit uh, undervalued at work. So we have this stand-up meetings on a daily basis. And then before we end, we have this section of recognition. So it's where you can recognize your colleagues openly to what they have done, if they have helped you or something. So it's really kind to engage people. So I was noticing that I was working hard, but I was never hearing my name on that recognition part. It's always like people that I know that kind of, okay, I help, but it's like simple things. <laughs> but I do a lot of things. See? See the pride in that? I need to practice that. <laughs> so in my head, even when I was thinking about it, I already knew, you foolish girl, you should remind yourself of Colossians 3.23. That's your work uh, motto. That's what keeps you uh, going as well. So me, I opened to Josh. I said, Josh, you know what? I felt like, I, I really felt uh, insecure. I was I felt like undervalued because I, I never heard someone say things. I spent hours helping this person, but no, no, I didn't hear anything. And then he said, what did we talk about? What does Colossians say about that? Right? He always keeps me on my feet, <laughs> this guy. So the verse that I want to uh, focus here is um, verse 22. It says there, you slaves must always obey your earthly masters, not only trying to please them when they are not watching you, but all the time. Obey them willingly because of your love for the Lord and because you want to please him. So after that talk, we, we agreed that, okay, if this happens again, just remember, if people don't recognize you, know that your Lord knows what you are doing. Know that the Lord knows that you are working for Him, that you are doing, giving your best with integrity, honesty for Him, with quality for Him. And He said that He will, um, he will reward you. He said that in His Word. I don't know how He's going to reward me after feeling that. I don't know how. I don't know when. It's just He's going to do it. Sometimes when He does that, he will surprise you. So again, back to this story. So, okay, I agreed. Okay, I will not grumble anymore. I'm going to keep that verse in my head. I'm going to try to remind myself every time I work that this is not for me. This is not for my boss or whatever. This is for the Lord. One day, my supervisor asked me if I have five minutes. And I was thinking, okay, uh, what is that five minutes about? I don't see any problem of what I'm doing. So I, can, I was kind of nervous. And then he said, of course, we said, hi, hello, how are you doing, right? And then he said, <laughs> and he said um, so Angel, uh, we've been looking for employees that we can give, um, um, how do you call this, uh, off-cycle uh, bonuses. And... Off-cycle bonuses is, for example, uh, in a company, usually you have schedules for when you get your bonuses. For example, in our case, it's usually uh, around March or April. But at the time, it was October when, we, when he spoke to me. So, okay. And he said, okay, because we saw uh, how you work, the outputs that you've done, um, you've done this and done, that, 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 that. 
And then I said, okay. So he said that I was part, I was one of the employees that was chosen for an off-cycle bonus. I was not expecting that. I was not expecting any bonus at the time because it was pandemic. It was the it was it was COVID, and I was thinking mm, maybe the company doesn't didn't sell that well, so maybe I, I'm not expecting some bonus. But here it is. So the first thing that got off my my head was the verse and thanking Jesus for the for the Bible, for the word that He has given me, for the people that He surrounds me with to remind me that we do not work for earthly masters. We work for our God, our God who is the source of everything. He can give you everything as long as He wills it, of course. So you see, in this said, if we set our minds on things above or of heaven, which is on Colossians uh, 3, 2, which reads, think about the things of heaven, not the things of the earth. And if we focus our minds not only on the things above, but also on Jesus, which you can see in Isaiah 26.3, which reads, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. So if we put our trust in Jesus in everything we do, especially in the workplace where we spend one-third of our day, um, one-third of our day every day, there is a different motivation, there is a different steer in our hearts that keeps us going. Not only because we want to please something that is temporary like our boss, but we want to please the Lord of Lords. Imagine that. Imagine the example that Josh said about, uh, about the chef. If Jesus were to come, how are you going to serve him? Aren't you going to give him your best? So if we have those in mind, the stress, the difficulties, the challenges, of course they are there. I'm not going to lie. They're going to be there probably every day. But you have this peace that you can surpass those things because you are with God. You are serving a God. And He will provide you that peace that whatever challenges you face, He will go through it with you. Okay? He will never leave you nor forsake you, as Barry has said earlier. So, I'd like to encourage you to focus your mind on Jesus. When you are at work and you are stressed, think about Jesus. So that those external factors won't affect you at all. It might sting for some time, but we have a God of restoration. Okay, so I also want to share with you this slide from verse 24. Remembering that it is the Lord Christ who is going to pay you, giving you your full portion of all he owns. He's the one you are really working for. Amen. So God is calling us to bring the kingdom to our workplace. It could be simple steps like um, first, what I've mentioned earlier, um, focusing on Jesus. When you try to work on things, don't think about what it is going to benefit you, but how is it going to please the Lord? How is it going to please God? How is your output, your quality going to go back to Jesus, right? So if you're not feeling appreciated at work or you're feeling, if you think you're being abused at work or you just don't feel you belong there, think that Jesus sees you. 
even before you start doing something at work, Jesus is there with you. He's ever-present. He's your ever-present help. He knows what you're going through at work, and He will provide for you. He will support you in any way He can because He's God. He appreciates you. He sees you. So you see, work is God-ordained. Remember, before the fall of man, there is the work to be done in the Garden of Eden. So man was to work in the Garden of Eden as a means to please God and to take care of his creation. So even God himself worked. So whatever we are doing now, whatever work we have, that is where God placed you to be a salt and light. Right? That is where he placed you to develop you as a person, to grow as a Christian in a secular world, to grow as a Christian in a world that doesn't believe in Jesus. So, what next? the next thing that I'm going to say is uh, important. Um, it might hurt, but again, remember that the word of God is a double-edged sword. As it hurts, it is true. So, if your work is causing you the exact opposite of the person that God calls you to, to be, then that work, it's not from Him. Okay? So, if wherever you are right now is causing you to be the opposite of practicing Christ-likeness, the opposite of being a child of God, then that work is not for you. Another, if your work is causing you to, have, uh, to be farther away from Jesus or to be farther away from church, then guess what? That work is not for you. That work is not from Him. That's not what He designed you to be in. Because what is the purpose anyway? If you're just going to fall back, you are a Christ follower, but you are actually not following Christ. What's up with that, right? No. So I want to share with you one last testimony. Some of you probably heard this. So when I graduated, I was trying to find a job. And then for some reason, uh, in our church, we have this youth camp uh, to, be, um, to be set up. And it's going to take three months. And I was thinking, okay, so how am I going to have work here? Because my colleagues are already... Uh, either working, I mean, no, sorry, my college mates are already working or they're going to start working. And me, I still don't have anything. But then, God reminded again of the word, Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So, I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to seek your kingdom first. I'm going to help the, with this uh, um, uh, youth camp. And I will not think about work um, at all. So, passed forward after the camp was successful. Days after, I received a call from a company. And I said, okay, let me think about it. Because I had three concerns. First one was, okay, if I go to this company, it's going to be very distant. It's like 40 kilometers away from my place. And even though it's not that far... Where I am in the Philippines, the commute is a hundred times worse here in Portugal. 
So that's not very enticing. So distance. Second, I'm very concerned with clothing. I mean, it's going to be a corporate work. I don't want to wear corporate things. It's so uncomfortable. So I said, okay, that's my second uh, concern. And then my third concern is that because it's going to be far, then how am I going to go to our week, uh, weekday activities at church? Because if I'm, it's going to take me a while, then by the time I get to church, it's already done. So that was my three concerns. And then fast forward again, I, I took the job. So everything went well, actually. <laughs> we got an apartment near the place. I only have to walk 15 minutes and then I'm at work. Second concern, we don't have to be all corporate uh, attire. We can be casual attire, so... Second concern ticked. Third concern about church, uh, church activities during the week. There was one time my supervisor um, approached me. He said, I remember you mentioned that you are Christian during our interview. Did you know that there's a Christian Bible club here at, at work? I said, no way. In a corporate um, office, there is a Bible club. Are you kidding me? I said, no, let me introduce you to the president of that club. And so my third, um, what they call it, my third concern was answered. All three were answered. So during my stay there for almost five years, we were having activities during Thursdays. We were having service during lunch break and also during dinner. We were having small groups. We were having discipleship in the workplace. Imagine. And that keeps me reminded of how I should act as a Christ follower in the workplace. For me, it's kind of a bonus. But for those that it's not possible to have a Bible club in the, in the office, it's, it's still possible for you to bear the name of Jesus. Just remember the, the, um, the verses that we talked about. Everything we do, we do it for the Lord, not for men. Okay? So, again, I, let me uh, end with this. If He is not Lord of all, especially in the workplace, then He is not Lord of all, at all. So, He equips who He calls and I pray that this will um, help you throughout the rest of your workplace experience. And let me give it back to Josh. Amen. Um, so actually what Angel, and I'm going to uh, make this real quick. So what Angel wasn't able to, to say afterwards was that um, she worked in that company for five years. She worked hard. She worked uh, with this verse in, uh, in her heart, Colossians 3.23, working for the Lord. She worked five years uh, having that mindset. And, all of, um, and then suddenly God gave, uh, called something in her heart to open her own small group at, at, in the office. And she was able to do, she was able to, to, to have a small group of two people. Not, not much, but still small group anyway and yeah it continued uh, for a, for a while and then she got she was uh, she got called by the company to go here so that was a story so uh, wh why are we saying this how was how is these things connected to to our message series the 
kingdom rules, kingdom in the workplace. So for uh, all of us are in a different kind of job. All of us are, have a different situation, circumstance, circumstance in life. I'm, we're not saying, Angel and I are not saying that all of us should go into the office and start opening a Bible study. It's not how it, it's, that's not how it works. God will, will call us, all of us individually, in a different way to extend the kingdom. For Angel, it was, it was literally opening a small group, which is good. But for some, it, it might not be the case. For some, it's just a matter of you working hard. That's already extend, extending the kingdom of God. Because, um, yeah, every one of us are, is in a different situation. Uh, but the end, at the end of the day, God will call us, all of us, in a different way to extend the kingdom. So, uh, so that, that's the reason why we're, we're so focused on saying that we should work hard for the Lord regardless of what is happening around us. Because at the end of the day, it's all about extending the kingdom. Remember, we, we have all our names. My name is Josh Monreal. Angel is, her, her maiden name is Angel Lara. We all have our uh, earthly names. And these are names that we protect, right? The, we, we, we strive to, 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 to preserve the reputation of our name. Because if, 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 we, if we destroy that name, our entire family's name is ruined. The reputation is gone. But there's another name that we are carrying. And that's the name of Jesus Christ. And so if we are doing things at work that is not godly, if we are not being honest at work, if we are doing things at work that does not glorify God, then it ruins His name. What will our colleagues say if they see us being dishonest at work, how can Jesus Christ, uh, the seed of Jesus Christ's love, for, will, uh, how can it go to them in their hearts if they can see Jesus Christ in us? And this is the reason why this verse is telling us that regardless of what is happening around us, we should work for the Lord. Because if, it's, if our focus is with God, we will always work hard. Regardless if no one is appreciating us, regardless if things are hard uh, in our environment. And even that very simple thing of working hard, you might not notice it, but just doing that extends God's kingdom. Because Angel said earlier, why is, why is Angel so hard working despite these difficult times at work? Why, why is Josh... Um, uh, always uh, doing his best, even though the company is not doing well. These questions, these, these are opportunities for them to know Christ. And, 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 that is the, and, and, and this is how we can extend God's kingdom in our workplace. Um, so I would actually like to, to call the, the worship team in front. Um, so as Angel said earlier, Work, working is part is is something that God called us to do, because we live in a society where we need to work. We need we need we need to work because we need to buy stuff. We need to to buy food, water. We need to uh, pay for rent. We need to have clothes, and we we need to work so that we can enjoy life. It's our means to travel. It's our means to go to this place, go to that place. Um, but I, I brothers and sisters, I want you to realize that. Work does not end there. We have been called by God 
we have we have been given a mission by God uh, in our workplace, and I hope that um, the message this morning uh, has given you an, um, some truths about the Bible on on how we should work. So I just want to ask: So, what is this morning? What is God telling you? So let's us assess ourselves. So maybe uh, you are in a work where everything is good. The, 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 the environment is good. Uh, you are being compensated well. But you kind of are for, uh, forget, forgetting that God has called you for a, deeper, uh, a more higher purpose in that place. Or maybe um, you are not appreciated just like Angel when uh, back then. Um, maybe you don't feel valued at all at work. Eh, but but this, this is God telling you that just focus on me. Just work for me and not for your manager or boss. Because if you do that, then you will always work hard. And as he said in verse 24, he will reward you for the hard work that you do. And not only that, that will be an avenue as well for you to extend His kingdom at the workplace. So, um, yeah, can you pray with me this morning? Father in heaven, thank you for, the, for the, your message this morning. Thank you, Lord, because you are an omniscient God. You are all-knowing, Father, in every areas of our lives. You have something to, to tell us. And Father, thank you for this truth that you have given us this morning that work and your kingdom are not two separate areas of our lives. These are um, areas that should be combined each other, Father. And thank you, Lord, because you have given us the capacity to work. You have given us to the, 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 the ability, the strength to, to earn money to enjoy life because you said in your word in Ecclesiastes that this is our lot in life this is our reward in life to enjoy it because of the hard work that we are doing but may we be may we be reminded Father that um, and thank you Father for reminding us that it does not end there the, the, the way that we work um, the heart the, the how hard we work is an opportunity for uh, to extend your kingdom at the workplace. Every, each one of us has a different circumstance at work, but the mission stays the same. That we should be able to to bring you, to bring Jesus Christ in our workplace. And Father, may this truth be embedded in our hearts this morning. And all these uh, things we lift up in your almighty name. Amen. Um, so, before I hand over uh, to the worship team, so, the topic of workplace is a very big topic. We can have a lot more Sundays discussing about workplace, focusing on a different verse, because there's so much more to it than what, we dis uh, what Angel and I uh, discussed this morning. And even while, as a matter of fact, while we were making this message, we ourselves had so much questions in mind. And we decided not to answer them this morning because it's gonna take too much of our time so what I'm saying is 
if you have any questions, if you feel that you, you, have, you, you, you have experience at work that you want to ask us, um, or if you want to say something about the message this morning, Angel and I are available via WhatsApp. So you can send your, quest- your questions to us and we will promise you to answer, uh, to answer them all. So, yeah, may we have a blessed uh, morning. And thank you for the wisdom that God gave us.